Hey friends, looking for some great business content other than right here on Accelerate? Then check out C-Suite TV and watch in-depth interviews with business content for C-Suite leaders and entrepreneurs, including an interview with me, your favorite podcast host. And it's all on demand. Watch and get insider secrets on demand by going to csuitetv.com. That's c-suitetv.com. Business insights on demand. Okay, let's do the show. It's time to accelerate. Hey, friends, this is Andy. Welcome to episode 479 of Accelerate, the sales podcast of record, where I hold in depth conversations with today's leading experts in sales, marketing, and leadership six days a week. Okay, one of the hardest things a sales leader can do is hire salespeople. Getting it right is so important because getting it wrong can be hugely distracting and costly in terms of lost time, lost sales opportunities. So to help you get it right, create a simple playbook to hiring the right sales candidates for your company. It's called How to Hire a Winning Sales Team. Very much the title, I know it. But best of all, it's, it's free. And you can get it by going to accelerate.fm forward slash winning. Download your free playbook to hiring a winning sales team. Again, that's accelerate.fm forward slash winning to get your free copy today. Joining me on the show is Oleg Roginski. He's the founder and CEO of People.ai. Now, this is a sales management platform that helps to reimagine how managers can make decisions by allowing them to reach conclusions based on hard data, as opposed to just intuition and anecdote and so on. So, we'll talk about that today. Oleg, welcome to Accelerate. Thank you, Andy. So, a sales management platform. So, in your mind, what, what is the biggest challenge sales managers face today? The biggest challenge that we found sales managers face today is the fact that most of the decisions around managing a sales team are being made based on hunch, intuition, and very little data. And even those who manage their teams based on data typically rely on lagging indicators, such as revenue or no revenue, versus the indicators uh, leading up to uh, to kind of closing deals and, and end of quarters. So... Okay. I mean, we've obviously seen this huge influx of, of sales technology coming into the, the sales business in the last uh, several years. Yeah. People.ai being, being mm-hmm. among them. Um, mm-hmm. What doesn't seem to have changed much, though, is that, that the overall performance of salespeople. I mean, if you look at, at some of the studies that come out, and we could debate, I'm sure, over the validity mm-hmm. of some of the data, but generally it shows that the you know, roughly half of salespeople don't make quota and business to business close rates are declining. Mm-hmm. Even though there have been this, you know, relatively sizable investments in the people's sales stack and so on. So, you know, how do we, how do we, how do we reconcile that? Um, you're absolutely right. The sales stack has become massive. Um, look at my sales, sales reps. They use five to 10 tools each for all kinds of different purposes. It's very fragmented. It's poorly integrated. Uh, and one thing that we see it generates is a ton of silos in terms of data, in terms of uh, attention span of a sales rep, in terms of their workflow. Um, sales reps end up managing their sales stack more than they actually end up selling. And that's what we see there. Now, another thing we're seeing is that because there's so much fragmentation, no kind of um, unified data around what the sales reps do, the sales managers don't have any idea of what's going on in their teams. And that's the problem we set out to solve 
people AI, kind of full visibility, transparency into what's happening with the sales managers or with, with the sales reps uh, for the sales managers and ability to positively influence um, how the process of sales is being done by the team. Well, I mean, so you talk about lack of visibility, but you know, one of the selling points of you know, let's say, sales development platforms, which there are many that are out there these days, was that hey, you know, we're providing real transparency into the at least one portion of the selling process. And I mean, is that not true, or that's not how the the systems are being used? So that's exactly true for one person for one portion of the sales process, right? So we are seeing that there is multiple systems that each one covering its own piece of the stack, but there's no unifying glue or one place with one click where you can go. You can find out very clearly what's happening. Uh, you can find out what should I coach my rep on exactly, or uh, how is he, how's his ramp going versus um, the ramp of the best guy from two years ago. Um, so these kind of answers, questions stay unanswered with the, because of the fragmentation in the market and because of the fact that uh, all these tools, each one has a small analytics platform, but there is no unifying window on it. Now, another thing to understand is that most of the sales development platforms are focusing on the workflow of the rep. Mm -hmm. They're trying to make the rep more effective, give him templates, give him cadences, try to give him an ability to touch more accounts or more people in the same amount of time uh, and make it a little bit more convenient. What nobody has focused on is making the life of the manager easier. Okay. So, true. I mean, I, yes. Well, yeah, sort of true, right? I mean, the fact is there, there are, I guess, through CRM and so on, I mean, there are certainly ostensibly there's data that's available for managers to be able to see so once you once you describe what you're showing and what you're providing in people.ai that's that's different from what managers have access to today. You're right. There is data in CRM, part of it, whatever reps are deemed to or decide to log in there. Um, there is data in the sales development tools like Salesloft, Outreach, GSWare, etc. There is data in the phone systems, uh, be it Ring Central, Inside Sales, mm -hmm. or um, New guys like Chorus that, that pull out data there. Um, this data no also Chorus being a company that that's recording and will enable you to you know analyze your call, right? Yes, yes. There's also data in their DocuSign. There is data in probably Steelbreak if you use that. There's data in uh, your WebEx about who joined the call. There is your calendar. There's all these places where there's data about what the rep did. But still, we run into situations where, like yesterday, I had a meeting with a pretty um, successful CRO from a large, fast-growing company who spends an hour every Monday morning counting how many meetings are on his reps' calendars for the upcoming week to see if we're staying on par with, with the plan or not. So there is still no one place where all of this data lives, is formatted or is normalized in the right way, mm -hmm. and can provide very easy, one-click, actionable answers without any digging or calling on to your sales ops people about the decision you're facing right now okay, as a so sales you, manager. So you described and you listed you know, a variety of different platforms, you know, things would be, apps would be element of your sales stack. And what you're, I'm assuming what you're saying is that you're able then to pull all that data into a central spot 
and he said normalize it and make it available for the managers to see in one place. Yes. So we connect to 98 different systems right now, pull in all of the data uh, in high definition about everything the sales reps do and format it in a way where it answers specific actionable questions that sales directors run into every day in their work. So give us an example. A good example would be ramp. Very few companies ha- are, are able to effectively track whether someone is ramping correctly, whether they're falling behind, whether they are ready to go out and, and, and go crushing, or if the rep is not going to make it. The best way to figure that out is to compare how the rep is uh, tracking across multiple metrics about him versus successful or unsuccessful ramps in your past. So that is available within People AI with a click or two. Leveraging off of another app that's perhaps tracking that data specifically. Uh, leveraging off all the email activity, phone, uh, document activity, mm-hmm. uh, WebEx, go to meeting, etc. cetera. Uh, basically everything that your current rep is doing as well as the reps have been doing previously on your team and as well as leveraging Salesforce data to figure out how that ramp activity overlays on your sales process and whether there is some outliers, both positive or negative, uh, on the ramp trajectory and the sales process itself. Um, very simple example is the new rep just got a couple opportunities in. Um, is he talking to the power? Because typically, you need to, in your sales process, based on all historical closes, uh, you need to have a C-level involved at day 30 of the sales cycle or the chances of you not closing the deal are very slim. And mm. so if the current rep is not having C-level power in, him, in both of his opportunities he's working on during his ramp, you need to know that. You need to know that now. Yeah, it's, it brings an interesting question about data. And, and you know, one of the things that we find with data is that we tend to use data to reinforce our, our current filtering our current perspective on things, right? The whole confirmation bias issue. Mm -hmm. Uh, How do you help managers sort of avoid that? That is a good question. And uh, to be honest, a lot of the use we're getting right now is with sales managers confirming or uh, kind of not confirming their hunch. All of them have experience managing their teams and they, do, they have developed some kind of level of hunch or intuition when something goes wrong or right. Now, a lot of decisions can be very important, like letting someone go or actually hiring someone or moving someone to a different role, a team. And from what we learned, these decisions are typically made without any data, just on that hunch I talked about. So uh, very frequently, we get user feedback where they say, hey, I was wondering why this rep is not making it. Now I know exactly why he's not making it. I know where his bottleneck is. And I'm going to focus my next three one-on-ones with him on fixing that specific bottleneck that I found in his behavior. Yeah, well, again, I've interviewed a number of people recently about data because you know, one of the things that, that I'm concerned about is, is that, yeah, we're... we're producing this data, but we haven't really distinguished between correlations and causality. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we default to correlations and without really understanding, you know, the, the causal factors that are really 
determining what the outcomes are. So it seems like a great opportunity for a platform to come along and say, yeah, you know, here we can really shine the light at these variables that you need to focus on to determine which ones of those are just that just correlations are actually causal factors. Yep. Otherwise, otherwise we're still just managing by anecdote. Absolutely. And I mean, the interesting thing is that we've been doing this to, to servers for years. We've been doing this to machines with successful companies like Splunk and AppDynamics and Datadog, figuring out root cause effects of something breaking upstream or something, something not working right upstream. And then how, what does it lead to downstream? And so people AI for the first time is applying that kind of methodology to people. Now, given the, the AI suffix, are you using some sort of machine learning or AI applying that in the plenty system? Plenty of that. Yeah, plenty of that. Uh, I mean, my background is 10 years in what you call AI now. I prefer calling it just clever machine learning. <laughs> uh, the dot machine learning um, domain name wouldn't be as sexy. No, uh, no. People have a hard time typing that in, yeah. Yeah, but uh, yes, we do have plenty of... Uh, machine learning applied throughout the, the application uh, from tactical use cases where just data duplication, data normalization, everything is, it's not that easy. You have to put in a lot of thought and, and engineering there, as well as a large amount of data and, and a way to bridge uh, gaps in the data with machine learning. And then besides that, uh, our kind of V2 version of the product is going to be fully predictive. It's going to be proactively answering questions like the ones I told you about before the manager even asks them. So um, that's the part where uh, machine learning is going to shine in full force. Well, you talk about... I mean, I agree that it's going to have a big role to play. I'm sort of pausing thinking about, you know, because it's uh, the next question, which is we seem to be sort of in a rush in some respects to, especially when it comes to managing and coaching sales reps, to want to automate parts of that, yet, you know, it's great to have data, but some, there's still a human aspect here. Mm-hmm. So, like, the predictive part of it, I mean, how, how valuable is that really going to be? Because so, you know, you're, you're predicting something that's the outcome of a human talking to a human. And while you certainly can you know, draw a circle around what the the possible outcomes might be is you know, there's still human humans, very complex interaction. You know, how 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 precise can we really expect to be? Well, it depends what you apply in predictive to. Uh, we are in no way trying to replace the sales reps or the sales managers. What we are trying to do, we're trying to add a layer of data in their kind of interaction with each other. Just think about it. Sales profession is considered to be one of the most kind of disposable professions. It's totally fine to hire a rep and two quarters later to fire him in the today, in these days. While it's definitely well, not cer- fine cer- to certainly, hire... Certainly in certain businesses, yes. I mean, yeah. 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 And this- it's totally not fine to hire an engineer and fire him in two quarters later. Why is it so? The reason why we think the world is, is that way right now is that there is no data describing the behavioral and kind of performance aspects of a sales rep outside of very basic data points like 
the, how much money did he make, which is a lagging indicator, or not like number of emails, calls, and, 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 and meetings that the guy produced. That's basically it for absolutely every sales team out there. That's how they try to optimize and improve their team based on those four data points. That's not enough. And so what we are doing is bringing in a lot more data metrics and KPIs around everything that sales rep does. And when it comes to making decisions like letting someone go, you can't do it on a hunch anymore. You have all of the data in front of you about his performance. And guess what? You know exactly where his bottleneck is, where he's not performing as well as the rest of the people on the team. When you know that, you're much less likely to let the person go. Instead, you know exactly where to go and fix him. Train more, provide coaching, provide templates, listen into his phone calls, attend his meetings, whatever it takes. But the whole disposable culture around hiring, managing, running a sales team comes from the fact that there is no data, no granular data about uh, what the reps do, how they do it, and how they do the right thing. Well, yeah, certainly that's changed a lot, you know, given, again, all the sales tech that's available. Mm-hmm. I mean, you certainly have more insight into activity levels yep. than you ever had before, for sure. Um, yeah, it's interesting because, you know, and I think you talk about this, is that sales has always been sort of considered a black box. But interesting, you know, compared to almost every other, if you go through a company and say, where actually do you have the greatest transparency in terms of actual output and performance? Sales is really the one. I mean, compared to other any other white white collar profession within a company, you know how 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 this marketing person perform, how this you know operations person perform, but with sales is very black and white. You know. Yeah, and and you're you're talking about the, a very interesting topic where. I think sales is black and white because it's one of the few professions where we have a clear binary outcome. Mm-hmm. You got every sales process. Yeah, you got it. You didn't. But uh, with other with other verticals, it's even worse than with sales, where oh, there is no binary outcome. You kind of did the job, or you kind of didn't do the job. Nobody knows. So it's way worse outside of sales when it comes to figuring out how do you make people successful using data. Now, so, so that's a, that was going to be a follow-up question. So how, how do you, if you were to say, okay, people.ai, I mean, you're fairly generic in your title, so I presume you're starting with sales, but there's a green field of opportunity outside of sales that's never been touched. Absolutely. And uh, I can't comment on, 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 the, on the plans outside of sales, but you're right. There is a green field opportunity there, and there is uh, there's a lot to be done. And guess what? Sales is the best data set to train the machine to go after other verticals. Okay. You didn't comment, but you just did. Perfect. All right. We're going to keep, keep track of that. Um, so, again, you also make a comment that, that no manager can definitively say what separates a top performer from a low performer. And is it, but is it really the lack of data at this point? Well, the, the point that you brought up here, uh, which is really, really interesting, is that managers can't tell the difference. I mean, outside of the revenue numbers. Um, 
I think there's a lot of problems compounding there. First one is data. There is, in many cases, lack of data, in many cases, too much data, but there's never data in a very easy to consume accessible format. Just try to pull in, just try to go to a sales team and pull in all of the activity and conversion data about a person in one place. You probably either will have to spend months building something in Salesforce and then building a bunch of integrations, or you're going to have to pull together several data sets and then do some VLOOKUP magic. From our experience, a lot of sales directors think VLOOKUP is a swear word. <laughs> so and so the first, there is lack of data. Second is there is lack of data education. How many, how many sales managers do you know that know how to use R or Python to pull data together and clean it up and use it? Probably none. None, right? Yeah. Some of the best sales managers I've seen in the industry are the ones who know how to manipulate data. Example would be Steve Browdy at, at MuleSoft. He spends 80% of his day in Tableau, not in Salesforce. Mm -hmm. Because that's how he learns the insights. Mm -hmm. Same thing with a shout out to Five Stars guys. Uh, I've heard from the CRO that they're hiring borderline data scientists to, run, to manage their sales teams. Why is it so? It's because they understand the value of data and they understand that your typical uh, sales manager who was a sales rep two years ago and just succeeded at crushing his quarter for a couple quarters in a row, uh, that person can't get the max value out of the data. So let's just hire people who know how to work with data. Sure. And so can they work third with people? piece is, yeah, well, that, that's, a different, that's a different question. Third piece <laughs> is that... <laughs> it becomes uh, the question at some point. Yeah. Third piece is that uh, I don't know if you tried, but if you, uh, I, I haven't, I still haven't succeeded pulling together three tables into one report in Salesforce reports. No, it's 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 hard. It's pretty much impossible. So what we're seeing here is lack of data, lack of knowledge how to work with the data, lack of platforms that can do this work for you and mm -hmm. provide you with the answers. Mm -hmm. And then the fourth one that we see is how many sales managers do you know that would rather um, dig into data than go and sell or help their help their rep sell? Many. There's also like many, an increasing number. So that that that's increasing. However, if you go out at Silicon Valley, probably New York, uh, I haven't seen many kind of on the uh, across the more classic companies. It is becoming a trend. Don't get me wrong. No, no, it's but it's, we, it's absolutely driven by the valley. I mean, that's. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was. It's been ever been thus. Yeah, and so the last piece, the last point I'm trying to make is that uh, your classic sales manager also doesn't place enough value onto working with data, so he just doesn't spend the time. Well, it's really it's an interesting conundrum I think that managers are finding themselves in these days is that that actually the demand for data is really emanating from above in many cases. Right, that they're feeling the pressure to become, you know, metrics jockeys more and more because they have this reporting requirement. Right, mm -hmm. they now that there's transparency in this data and everybody has access to it, yeah, they're becoming more accountable for the detailed, the hard data, as you refer to it, than they've been in the past, and it it creates this conundrum of of yeah, the metrics are absolutely essential. Having more visibility is. Gosh, that would been fantastic <laughs> if I could think back 20 years ago. 
would have killed for it, but it's still a people business. Yep. And this is, this is I think, is, is you know, the challenge that we're going to have as an industry, as a sales industry, is how do, you, how do you optimize both? How do you use one to help optimize the performance of this human whose job is out dealing with other humans and these sort of complex sales interactions? One thing to keep in mind is that um, all of the sales world is operating on a very similar process. If you, I mean, obviously there is changes in, in your kind of, in your pitch, in your, in your sales cadence, in your sales cycle, in, in the personas you're working with. But on a high level, the process is very similar. It was created by SFA, Salesforce, Oracle guys years ago, and we still follow it pretty thoroughly. New well, things no, like AB8. I think a, I think a very specific segment of the sales industry does. Now, certainly, you know, SaaS business, you know, tech mm-hmm. tech companies, but that's just a small fraction of the entire sales industry out there. And you know, I'll give an example. I gave a keynote at a national sales meeting for a company yesterday. Big consumer electronics product company. Everybody would recognize the name. Yeah, very little CRM usage. Very little tool usage. Selling a complex technical product. Not hugely high dollar volume uh, product, but still, nonetheless, it requires you know person to person selling. Mm-hmm. And I think it's very typical. Yeah, you know, it's way more typical these days of than I'm saying companies that still haven't even been exposed to to these tools. And I think that becomes a real challenge for us as an industry. Is you know how do we get people? Where do we start people to adopt technology to help them? You know, capture the data they can use to become more effective. So the way, let's go back to the current sales stack. With the current sales stack, you would want them to actually bring in five, 10 pieces of the sales stack, integrate with each other before any of the data gets, starts being captured if they don't have CRM adoption today. Yeah, well, I'll give you an so, example. Let's, let's take an example of another client I spoke to a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. 100 inside salespeople, they have the only tech they have is their own custom-built CRM they use no, that's it. That's their entire sales deck. There's 100, mm-hmm. 100 inside sales reps. Yep. And how do they communicate with the world? <laughs> Through phones, right? They're picking yep. up, making phone calls, and they're just tracking it in their, their homegrown CRM. But Probably some email here and there. Probably uh, they don't do meetings. But a, little, a, little, fo- a, little, a, little, a little email, but even not much of that. Mm-hmm. So... These guys still produce levels of activities in systems that they use mm-hmm. for those activities. And then they manually log it into CRM. I mean, we're not going to go into CRM sync problem where logging activities is, it has been solved by many companies. But uh, bottom line is there's still activity happening and there's still a pattern through which they succeed or fail. And still the sales management wants to capture that pattern of kind of successful sales motion, figure out which reps are really good at it and what they do exactly, and which reps are not performing as well, and how to replicate top performers to the bottom performers and bring the whole kind of the average temperature in the room up. So that's kind of the holy grail of, of making your sales team more effective from our perspective, is to find where exactly which person is underperforming and what's the most cost-effective, fastest, easiest way to bring that person 
to at least the average level of performance in that specific metric where they are underperforming. If you keep on blocking such bottlenecks consistently within your team, the whole team will get better. And you don't have to fire anyone. Yeah, you will. But yes, um, <laughs> you will. But yes, I understand. Well, I mean, but I was trying to you know, relate what you're saying back to, because to me, this is the real challenge for sales as an industry is that, you know, they're great applications, great systems, platforms like you're developing coming out, which, yeah, you can, you know, you said you've integrated 98 different data sources right now. There's another year, there'll be another 98 more, right? Mm-hmm. Is it's not that, yeah, we got everybody in the valley using something like this. That's fantastic. You know, but my audience is nationwide, people from all industries, many of whom are like the company I described before that aren't using anything in the sales stack at all. So it's like, how do they, where do they start? And that's the beauty. Our, the way we approach to this, we are fully stack agnostic. We have several companies using us that don't have a CRM. So what's the data source? Why? The data source is their email, calendar, phone, etc. They use different systems to communicate with the world. As, mm-hmm. long as, you, as long as you talk to someone using something, mm-hmm. people AI works. And other systems are kind of a cherry on top that adds extra resolution. There is a bank, a large bank that we're working with that does not have any CRM adoption, but they still need visibility. They still need the way to optimize. Mm -hmm. And so while CRM adoption gives us kind of understanding of where in the sales process you are, it's not required. The data is there. The granular data is there. No matter what. Yeah, as you said, through calendar, email, maybe phone if they're recording calls and so on. Yeah. Very interesting. Well, cool. Well, I mean, that's, I'm anxious to see it in action. So <laughs> um, tell folks how they can find out more about you and connect with you. Yeah, they can go to people.ai and uh, reach out to us. Uh, we, uh, we've been really focused on building the platform and mostly... Uh, doing kind of targeted outbound approach to our go-to-market mm-hmm. just because it is very important to pick your customer early to make sure you have the right customer. So what's the ideal client profile for you today for people listening to this to see if this would be a fit with them? Mm-hmm. Uh, ideal profile is B2B companies, uh, mostly uh, in tech, ad sales. So anywhere where there is a structured or semi-structured sales process, that have between 20 to 250 sales reps. Okay, perfect. And if they have that, you know the guy to reach out to, Oleg. And actually, if you go to people.ai, your, your face pops up in the chat box often. So, Yep. Uh, we have a team manning that, including me. Everybody in the company does support. They do kind of customer-facing interactions, including Intercom. And you can also reach me at Oleg at people.ai. Excellent. All right, Oleg, thank you very much for joining me. Thank you, Andy. It's been very interesting. And uh, friends, thank you for spending this time with us today. Remember, please come back, join us again for our next show. Uh, That could be tomorrow, hopefully. And until then, really appreciate if you take a few moments, go to iTunes, subscribe to this podcast, leave a review for us. We really want to hear what we could do to help deliver more value for you at the show. And so uh, thanks for joining me. Until next time, this is Andy Paul. Good selling, everyone.